Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short term plans at uh1.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Our Culture Gaming. I'm Scott, joined by Josh. Hello, Scott. Josh, we're referring to a, a regular Talking Point style video for today because there's not that much news going on, but Dying Light 2 is a bit of a mess. It is, a Scott. Bit of a thing. I was actually really looking forward to Dying Light 2. Oh. I didn't play it purposefully when it came out because it was out at the same time. You know, we were playing Elden Ring, we were mm. playing Horizon Forbidden West, Sifu, all of these great games, and I was like, no, I don't want to cram it in. I want to <laughs> give it its time to shine. I want to look forward to it. Mm. I want to give it, you know, as much of a chance as possible. So, for the past few weeks, I've been going through it, and it is so, so Your little sad face. disappointing, man. I was such a huge fan of the first Dying yeah, Light. Like, this, this sequel has been long overdue. You know, it's seven years in development, a lot of delays, a lot of roadblocks, and it's finally come out. And it's it's an ambitious mess. That's how generous I would be to it. It's right. ambitious, but man, is this thing just incredibly wonky top of the <laughs> Well, I mean, looking at it going in, obviously there was a whole bunch of um, developer turmoil. There was a lot of stuff behind the scenes with the game being delayed and all these various different versions of the game that seem to be coming together with um, the developers themselves, Techland, asking for more money, bolting more features on, um, hyper-extending the development, and then actually going, no, it's totally fine, it's going to be coming out, don't worry about it, this is how long the game will be, um, and there was a whole sort of fury around uh, the hundreds and hundreds of hours of potential filler content, yeah. and it seems like overall they've kind of just done a video game, done an open-world modern video game, but to a fault, it's very tick-boxy by the sounds of it. This is a video game as video game, in, <laughs> in good and bad ways, yes. but the main issue with it is the story and the character in the narrative choices because they've essentially tried to air a Bethesda-style RPG structure with this one this time around. Mm. The biggest criticism a lot of people had with the first Dying Light, myself included, was that the story was incredibly forgettable. It was naff. Like, the villain was you, terrible. The villain was terrible. If you didn't pay attention to the story, you could have a good time. So on the one hand, I kind of commend the team for going, look, everything else we nailed, this was the thing that people didn't like. Let's double down on it. Let's try to remedy it. So this time around, they've done, like I said, this kind of RPG structure mm -hmm. where you have a bunch of different factions, you have choices in the narrative that impact endings and, you know, for instance, which factions take over which areas, mm -hmm. all of that stuff. They really double down on the cutscenes, characterization and all of that good. It should be good. It's just that the execution of, of all those things, in my opinion, isn't there. And right. because it isn't there, they've now wasted more time on a story that still isn't good and everything else has kind of <laughs> suffered. It's like they put all of their eggs into one basket to make this part of the game better mm -hmm. and it is nowhere near what it should be. It feels like there's a reason that people aren't talking about it. Like Obviously, like you said, it, it released it amongst a whole bunch of other sort of more head-turning games, especially like Elden Ring. That thing just yes. dominated everything. But at the same time, Dying Light was always that game that had almost like a cult fandom. It became a more cult fandom over time. It was initially a big, a big talking point um, alongside Dead Island and then Dying Light was like, 
like, okay, this is the one. This yeah. is the thing you need to play. And then I feel like a lot of people, a lot of fans propped that up over time, like us, talking about reasons to go check it out and everything. And it's just like, that didn't really translate into Dying Light 2. And it feels like what was this focused, really cool parkour zombie game initially kind of just became every other open world, stodgy, feely game, like uh, like Ghostwire Tokyo or something, where it's like, this is should be bankable, but it's kind of just boring. Absolutely. You know, they've clearly gone very ambitious with it. They've had seven years in development, like mm. you said, but in doing so, they've lost the tightness, the density of the content that made the first game so good. Mm. Like, just exploring the open world in the first game, you know, parkouring around, doing little side missions, uh, you know, trying to get home before night descended to get away from mm. the, like, really vicious zombies. Like, that flow was so good, and this time around, it's kind of, like, fractured and kind of, you know, like... Like, what would you call it when you, you know, when you like sprinkle parmesan cheese on like something? Salt bay? Well, they've, they've kind of like sprinkled the parmesan desiccated. all over this uh, desiccated open world. world. <laughs> and it's, it's desiccated. Uh, it's desiccated. Look at the desiccated. They've desecrated it. I don't know and if I'm using that right. I've desecrated it. They've done something to it that's kind of split the content up so it lacks that flow. So you've mm. got these story missions that kind of feel janky going into side missions that are kind of too abundant this time around and oftentimes forgettable. Mm -hmm. And that bloat is really felt, you know, we've talked a lot on this channel before about the Ubisoft approach to open worlds yes. and how it's quantity over quality and I never got that with Dying Light 1 but I definitely get that with Dying Light 2 and all of that would be fine yes. if the main story and the main campaign was good but that's <laughs> what disappointed me the most but before mm. I'll get into that and it's nitty grittiness I just wanted just the Ubisoft thing. I feel like um, it was like watching. The thing is, the Ubisoft formula was great to, for a point, to a time, yeah. um, to a point rather, where it was like at the beginning of the eighth generation. I feel like that stuff kicked in, and as soon as we saw Assassin's Creed Unity, I just remember everybody having this feeling online of we've done a little bit too much of this. You can't carry this over one to one to a whole other generation. You've already been doing annual releases to that point, um, and that was the year that broke Assassin's Creed and made everybody kind of go, "Oh my God, Ubisoft, what the hell are you guys doing?" Um, but at that point, so many other projects had been put into development. Um, the likes of Dying Light 2, if you go back seven years, it's very close to that time period, um, where it just feels like the Ubisoft design ethos was too far embedded in, this is what people want, this is what people need. Yes. Um, and it wasn't until something like um, you know Breath of the Wild sort of shook things up in regards to making the open world itself a big old 3D playground, and that kind of changed things. We did a whole video on it um, about how Ubisoft made open world stuff suck. Um, but like I said, it feels like so many dev teams and design teams took from the overall watered-down version of the Ubisoft template, and you've still got the offshoot of it now, but it feels yes. so outdated in 2022. That's it. I mean, I could not believe that when I was, you know, doing the lock-picking minigame in this title, <laughs> it was the same one that was in uh, Fallout 3 and Skyrim God. and what have you. You know, it's like really, really, these really old mechanics mm. being presented in a next-gen game. And I really think that if this title came out three years after the original, even yeah. four years after the original, I wouldn't be this disappointed. But because the original came out in 2015 and now we're in 2022, and since then we've had Breath of the Wild, we've had Elden Ring, mm. we've had Horizon Forbidden Dawn, Horizon Forbidden West, all of like, <laughs> these really good open world games, yes. that this does feel archaic in comparison. Mm. And even on next-gen hardware, it doesn't really look or feel next-gen. Like the quality right. mode kind of gets there where you have like these really lush um, environments, these really lush kind of like backdrops to the zombie carnage. But it doesn't feel like a full next-gen game. It does right. feel like something that has been in development for a long time. And then they've kind of added a bunch of bells and whistles on top, which 
again is also a little bit disappointing as the well. The thing is, somewhere along the way, and it's completely valid, I think that if you, you know, you save up a lot of money and you want to buy one game that'll last you for a couple of months or something, that having this much game in there um, can be worthwhile. But I feel like sometimes when de- uh, design teams steer directly towards that and yeah. say, okay, take this one idea, this one mechanic, um, and just repeat it for three hours, 30 hours, 300 hours, um, you need some sort of variety in there. Like, your time is worth more than that <laughs> um, in regards to just repeating the same stuff for um, gargantuan amounts of game time, um, which was the whole thing about the way that they advertised this, where they were like, oh, we have this base version of the game, mm-hmm. but if you want to see everything, it's going to be hundreds and hundreds of hours. Um, I just feel like somewhere in there is a really good length of a game. Yes. Elden Ring nailed it very well, 100 hours of constantly unveiling stuff. Um, but if you get that wrong, then it's immediately stodgy. It's a Days Gone, it's a Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, not knocking Days Gone's cult appeal. We like that game. Certainly do. But still, that thing has a bunch of mechanics repeated for a long period of time, and I feel like too many devs steer in that direction. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates Fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it's almost like they don't know when to stop, right? If you, you know, if you only do the things you like in Dying Light 2, say you really uh, vibe with the side missions, if Hmm. you ignore the main story, just do those side missions, or maybe just explore the open world. Drop kick in your arse. Yeah, if you do, like, just that one drop kick over and over again (laughs) for 40 hours, you might have a good time. But when you try to take it as a whole, that's when things start to feel a little bit disparate. So I kind of want to jump into the main story and the main campaign, because (laughs) that's where my biggest frustration has come from. And that's because, in its pursuit of being an RPG, I kind of feel like Dying Light 
2 forgets that it's a dying light game and right. it definitely forgets that it's a zombie game you know <laughs> you've got this entire open world populated with thousands of zombies uh-huh. you've got like different types of zombies you've got the parkour system that allows you to escape them uh-huh. and the main campaign missions especially in the second half of the game are so concerned with having you fight humans yes. in one on one or maybe one versus three kind of like melee fights and that was just <laughs> that's just not what I'm there for yes no. there is zombie anarchy in the side missions and stuff but when the zombies themselves feel tangential in the main plot mm-hmm. and in the main set pieces of the plot that to me is incredibly disappointing because I don't want to be in this kind of like condemned criminal origin style combat <laughs> system when I'm playing this like excellent zombie game mm-hmm. where I can drop kick a zombie across a bridge yeah. like why is that not the focus why well, am I like is, hitting guys in masks I love um, Condemned Criminal Origins the original game for the most part and but also I love Chronicles of Riddick there's a really cool space for first person melee combat however that space could be in Dying Light but not against human enemies that's <laughs> the it. reason you're signing up for this stuff is for like I mean even though like one of the best parts of Dying Light's original uh, reputation was the fact that you had um, the zombies that change as, as Nightfall comes around you have to use different mechanics to get around them but it's like you think that will be the thing that they would expand a lot more of not go here's some human enemies that we can put in the trailer and try and make you yes. think that it's like every other action game yeah that's it and it does kind of feel like every other action game when you get into those scenarios mm. and I might have cut it more slack if they kind of incorporated the human enemies with the zombies more mm-hmm. but they're very separated and there's only like one or two times that it's very small scale right. where you get kind of zombie versus AI human action that you're in the middle of and you're trying to you know balance both sides mm. and that could have been cool if they doubled down on it but they but they didn't so it, what you get is these kind of like boring cutscenes with these characters going into missions where you're just fighting the same three enemy human types right. over and over again and that is when it gets really great and that's when it gets really disappointing if the cutscenes were good I might have cut it some slack if mm. the set pieces were good I might have cut the cutscene some slack but like I said <laughs> they've doubled down on all of this story stuff and mm. none of it is really executed that well and it just makes you want to do the side missions instead it's interesting because like I said the original game original game has such a focus to it and I think with this one because of how long the development went on for and there's a whole bunch of stories out there like I said before about the amount of different features that um, Techland were reaching for I forget the name of the creative director it's Powell Machuka I think Okay. Um, there's a whole thing about him um, sort of getting out there trying to secure more money to make the game bigger and bigger and bigger and I wonder if the thought that as development stretched on they were like okay we need to make sure that this is the next big thing like Dying Light had a nice reputation to it but we need to make sure that Dying Light is the name in zombie games or whatever and they wanted to make it a Skyrim sized zombie style game and it became this huge overarching you know over bloated thing that plays well enough but it feels like it, although it nails some of the core mechanics it doesn't really like you have that overall grandiose feel no. that you would need for this to be the next step for the franchise overall that's it it doesn't have that cohesion even mm. in the actual scenes themselves like the, some of the dialogue can be wonky and stilted it doesn't feel like people are actually in the same room having a conversation <laughs> the way that you flow into cutscenes again is wonky and stilted because you cut into black then you're cutting into cutscenes and then you're completely somewhere else right. the choices as well are kind of disappointing I know this is, seems like I'm just ragging on it over and over <laughs> again and I want to say that I think it's like a, like a 6 out of 10 game right. it's not completely Which can right. be a beautiful thing. Yeah, I, mean, I kind of want to be more constructive about like what, where, the, where I think the next game should be. It's just that this did disappoint me so much mm-hmm. and the choices are at the center of that because while it is cool to get to know these factions and there are some really interesting characters within those factions, for instance, Rosario Dawson's character who is on the screen right now, um, they just don't 
add up too much and a right. lot of people kind of just fall out of the story where you can tell that you might have had a choice whether to kill someone mm. or not and then if you save them they don't have much to do after that it doesn't really feel like, like they weren't impactful. sure what to actually do with them yeah it's like you can make choices in the game that do have effects but a lot of them feel a little bit artificial or surface level mm. like for instance if you take over certain strongholds you can, you can um, give them to certain factions which mm. will change the layout of a map or will give you kind of either extra parkour systems or will give you extra combat systems okay. and those are quite interesting decisions but that's almost the be all and end all of right. them they don't go that much further or impact the story mm-hmm. so it's kind of like on the one hand I'm complaining about the story not being good and then complaining about not having more say in how it plays <laughs> out but it's it, like I said it's just all of these disparate elements yeah. kind of failing and when they add up it just leaves you feeling frustrated. I just feel like overall, like you said, you could have knitted those two things together where if you really cared about the story, like again, if it was like Skyrim, if you had, if you invested more in that game's case about the Imperials versus the Stormcloaks, then it would make more sense or you'd be more invested in the rewards you were getting from that. Um, but there's just, there's something in a big over the top AAA open world game design that just says, here's some stuff to do for 50 to 100 hours and we'll kind of knit it together with various bits and pieces. Um, but if you don't stick the landing, yeah. then you know, by the time you've invested all that time in there, and um, if it doesn't come together, then I think that's the lingering feeling afterwards. It's one of those games where the main villain disappears for almost all of the second half. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can tell where they've kind of stretched the story out, right. like a little the bit bolt. of pizza dough. And then it, <laughs> it only comes back together right at the very end. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like there is a good game in here. There's a very good game in here. If you trim off the fat, if you don't go all in on the story or at least kind of make it more straightforward and streamlined, mm-hmm. it is just having all of these extra elements bolted on that makes be so disappointed yeah because it's not even that good um, when you're just running around either because the way that they've <laughs> added to the open world they've made it bigger like we said you uh-huh. know they've added in this kind of like wingsuit style thing more like a parachute what style. would you call it a glider sort of thing where you go over you know bits of steam and you get you can oh, right, okay. fly around the world but it's like that's cool but isn't this game about parkour how does really that impact done the parkour if they had a zombie out. on one of them I would have I would have drop kicked that thing out the sky well maybe they do in one of the side missions because they're there are hundreds of side missions. Put it in yet. the main story. And some of them are all right. And yeah. some of them are quite bad. But put it in the main story. This is what I mean. Yeah. I shouldn't have to go looking for the good content. <laughs> and that's an issue that I have with a lot of open world games where it's like, why is the main campaign the worst part of your game? Ooh. I thought we got over this with Assassin's Creed 3. Yes, like, that's an extremely um, good way to phrase it. I feel like we've done a whole bunch of lists on uh, games that have really rewarding side content um, and side missions, but it's a very good point. If the main thing is being called the main thread, yes. that should probably be the big thing that you take away from the game overall. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think down in the comments below if you picked up Dying Light 2. I've seen bits and fits and starts of people talking about this game because it feels like it released at a weird time and it feels like the tail on it has sort of been all, all over the place, especially when, when we get to Game of the Year so far season. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think down in the comments below. For now, I've been Scott from WhatCulture.com. I've been Josh from WhatCulture.com. And we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Good. Tell me how to have fun with this game. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.